0: All right, Welcome. All
1: right. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Fitness and Philosophy podcast. James, how are you doing today?
0: I am great. I'm hot, but I'm great.
1: I was going to mention to you that uh, it was for the pain and fitness episode. We were playing like the Corn Freak on a Leash song and then we're uh, yeah. getting the name of the other one. Um, why is it? Your daughter found it. It was like a guitar riff. Um,
0: Oh, Greta Van
1: Fleet? Yeah, Greta Van Fleet.
0: Yeah.
1: The all-knowing YouTube algorithm, as I was uploading it. <laughs> thou shalt not, thou shalt not <laughs> upload this clip. So I was given three, oh. three, choices, which I'm sure eventually will apply to uh, oh. not just music that's copyrighted, but what we yeah. say on the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was basically, take this clip out, Make it so it has no music, or like put on generic like music in the background. <laughs> Which music would have with been a K.
0: <laughs> music with a K. Oh yeah. man, that's good. Um, I also uh, just to add to that, the uh, remember I made the comment that there's not a lot of good bass in the in that kind of like uh, rock. You know, yeah, there is, but I another song another song that I uh, I'm not gonna play it now but uh, um, no doubt remember when no doubt came on the scene I do uh, and uh, you guys can go and reference this song it's called uh, it's my life
1: yeah
0: um, man and just listen really closely to the bass in there now I'm not gonna say it's as aggressive as red hot chili peppers or uh, or corn um, but uh, man some good bass in there and that guy was uh, he was legit he's legit good what an interesting group too, right? Just fascinating at that time in the culture, right? Just her her pizzazz and the kind of style they had and the kind of music they did. It was it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. No, I uh so that was I moved with my family to Orange County like 92, 93. And I think I'm just a girl was like 93, 94, and it was like yeah. Scott. She was from Anaheim, like yeah. just Man. that whole I definitely talk about popular
0: for a period of time, right? Wow. Yeah. That was pop. Yeah. Good stuff. I like that. I like that scene though. I'm not even sure what you call that. Like punk rock pop punk rock kind of, you know, move over green day at the same time. Right.
1: Yeah. Lit. I don't know if you've ever heard of the band lit, but they yeah. were kind of not. Yeah. yeah. That, that same.
0: Yeah. I got a, I got a friend uh, who lives down the street who uh, I'm going to be eventually learning some to, to do some stuff with them with my uh, drumming, uh, uh, practice but uh they're gonna be doing some uh toto and uh thin lizzy uh for the, for any older folks on here listening um at our at our pool we're gonna have a community kind of get together and this little band in the air are gonna get together and play some of those old songs so oh, um awesome. uh, I'll, I'll say my uh, number one request is gonna be hold the line by toto that's gonna be my gonna be my first one that's just dun dun dun
1: dun, dun
0: and there's one older guy who sings with them that has a pretty, you know, they could, they could probably hit that, uh, hit that vibe. So I'm pretty excited. That.
1: I had no idea. This was even like a genre of music, but I knew that like collectively I liked these different songs before, but like, I think it was two or three years ago, I found out that there was a genre called yacht rock, which is literally, you've never heard of this. How do you spell that? So like, I, like it, it, it was, it's a joke, like yacht, like Y A C H T, like yacht. Okay. It's like Kenny Loggins, Toto, <laughs> you know, Summer Breeze. Like, <laughs> I didn't. Know. The summer, like I, I. Well, I mean, just in general, I mean, it's excellent music. But like, I went back. I was like, I. It's it's basically uh, Hall and Oates, late seventies, early eighties, I mean, soft rock. I love that. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, too. I got
0: I got like, I guess quasi three different versions of stations on Pandora that are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I could, uh, <laughs> I won't do it, but I could, I could make some serious attempts at like holding that, holding that key for all those songs.
1: Yeah. I like that. From Memorial Day to Labor Day, when I was like coaching classes each year, when I figured this out, like people at a certain point, people were like, oh, I put on something else, but like <laughs> I would be turning it on. And, Kenny uh,
0: Loggins is not doing it for me. Seven minutes of burpees.
1: <laughs> yeah not doing the trick i'm like well
0: you can't make those chords go up and down in that wind
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's i mean if you're looking for that that genre either on pandora or spotify like i think on spotify there's a playlist called yacht rock 2.0 that's excellent okay it's a public playlist brought to you by yacht rock 2.0 get this well, letter from
0: I, d- I disagree with your 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 sentiments on uh, on how well you think that time frame was for music
1: i completely disagree <laughs> <laughs> it's all year really i mean <laughs> i disagree
0: all right, how are we going to tie in? How are we going to get to disagreement and fitness and actually have enough time to spend on the disagreements and fitness? I saw the list of stuff where, I mean, we could go, right, we can go on forever. But I think if you were to start us off with um, some of the ways for people to come into the idea around disagreement um, in that end, and uh, to use Toto's language, hold the line real tight for uh, all the Current, because all the current, I think the current cultural, uh, you know, uh, the current cultural language used for disagreement is is fairly important right now. You know, so so, well, you know, I completely
1: agree. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that given the episode, but I completely agree. <laughs> um, so, just just a word on how like I envisioned this. Um, know as most of you guys know we typically do these in couplets but i think this one in particular will be similar to our dogmatism and skepticism series where we actually did two on dogmatism and then did one on skepticism yeah this one this one's a big one so i think we're probably gonna end up doing two on it so um you might even be wondering like why is disagreement even like a philosophical concept like how is this even discussed in philosophy well a lot of what philosophers do is they look at the world and say hmm Here's this thing going on. So disagreement is just a fact. Um, take literally any endeavor that you would want. You know, uh, the Talmud, fitness, philosophy, art—like, mm-hmm. uh, name it. There, there have been disagreements uh, throughout all of history, um, and a lot of the questions here revolve around, like, well, what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. What, what do we? What do we say about that? Why would it be that? human beings with somewhat similar faculties obviously not everyone has the same amount but somewhat similar faculties and looking at the exact same data would then come to different conclusions about yeah. that data. yeah so and then there's also the value question is this good is this bad is this neutral is this baked into evolution the same way there's genetic diversity is disagreement a thing to keep us from like falling us falling off the edge of a cliff idea wise right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or we would fall into some dystopian future where there's you know maybe there's some of us that are just more inclined to disagree generally to kind of pull the culture back. Yeah. Um, so just some famous examples from history, you know, of really big questions. Like it's not like, Oh, chocolate or vanilla. And I mean, there are certainly things like that, that we disagree about, but what counts as moral and what doesn't, uh, and these, by the way, are things we've discussed on these episodes, or a lot of them are the role of government and society. Um, Christians are currently 2.4 out of 7 billion, 7.5 billion people. Um, if, you know, uh, if this is supposed to be the absolute truth, why is it that more than half the world does not believe this? And if you collectively count up all humans in history, more humans than not have not believed this. So how do, what, do, what sense do we make of this? And this isn't just a problem for Christianity. This is a problem for any religion, right? Uh, any religion, there's this question of, not just why don't other people believe it if this is the truth, but why they're competing religions that make claims to entirely different truths.
0: Yeah. And uh, therefore lies a quote unquote disagreement because everyone right. can Agree on the same thing. So it's not 7.5 out of 7.5 billion people that all think the same thing. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, how the world came to be the existence of extraterrestrial life. That one's a bit easier to understand because it's kind of like, mm. There's some data here, there's some data there. Mm. That one's a little bit easier to account for. The best way to live one's life, what happens after we die, how to raise children, whether to get married or not. So going back to our liberty discussion, this is at least one very strong argument in favor of the notion that in a modern democratic pluralistic society where everyone has a different conception of the good, it is better to err on the side of, generally speaking, one is allowed to pursue one's life out as one chooses legally speaking legally we can then make different arguments about like optimal and whatnot beyond that but legally without interference from from other people yes yes
0: and that pro, that's a, disagreed upon as well depending upon oh yeah you know, but yeah i get i get
1: it i get you but but like that that that's fact right there like <laughs> it almost circles back on itself for people who like would would then make that point right like the fact of disagreement is like, well, what do we do here? You're going to yeah. either people into believing what you believe, or yeah. we're going to have to get along. Yeah. Um, there was, there was
0: always a classic, what were, what were these individuals in society called? Were they just classic skeptics? I guess that would propose that idea that, you know, disagreement was the first, first thing
1: they would come into with all civil discussion Were they, were they just called the skeptics or. Um, That's a good question. I I suppose maybe. I mean, I think a lot of this historically was born out of like, I mean, obviously there are different pockets of it in different times in the world, but like a lot of what we're talking about today comes from like the religious wars in Europe. Yeah. You know, and this notion of you know, okay, Protestants. Yeah. Yeah, we're right.
0: right. No, we're right. No, we believe right. this. We believe this. Yeah.
1: And then like, how do we how do we get on given given that stuff without killing each other? Essentially. Yeah, Yeah. So another important issue is like, what are the causes of disagreement? You, you know, it's, it's certainly an easy thing to account for disagreement if we can just say, hey, you don't have the same information as I do or, or vice versa, um, but it's harder when we both have the same experience or similar experience. So we could say things like lack of experience, lack of rationality, bias, dogmatism, logical fallacies, tendency to believe what family and friends believe with no good reason. Um, all of which are interesting ones that I'm sure we'll touch on. Um, But probably the main one that we've mentioned before that I wanted to mention today that's very interesting from a philosophical perspective is this notion of under-determination. So if we just break that down into its component parts, what that means. Determine just means to like set a fixed thing and under means it's not enough to set a fixed thing. So Here's a silly example. If I tell you there's fruit in in the fridge that under under determines what type of fruit it is. So me having that knowledge, lets me know, okay, it's an apple an orange watermelon, it's some type of fruit, and it excludes it being kale or lettuce. But I still don't know what fruit it is.
0: And you also don't know when it's best to eat that fruit, what time of year.
1: That's correct. That's correct. If you're here in northern Indiana, there's really two months in which you could eat that fruit, (laughs) July and (laughs) August, and then the rest is just cabbage. (laughs) um, But the super interesting thing here philosophically is take that same point I just made about the fruit and apply it to the world at large. The idea is the data we receive from experience, whether sensory or otherwise, is insufficient Mm -hmm. by itself to Mm uniquely determine one way of interpreting it yeah which leads to the consequence that you could have two completely rational people seeing the exact same data and having yeah. the exact same experience and disagreeing with one another yeah so that's the idea
0: yeah and that happens uh and that happens a lot i think the uh You know, isn't it briefly just the answer to investigation and the scientific process that allows us to come to some agreement down the line of that? So is that the long term fix for it? And it's just that there's so many different there's so many different uh, views, right? Or so many different perceptions with probably a lack of experience and understanding of those different views. And the only the only way I was I was just jumping ship to get to like, well, how do you overcome this disagreement? Isn't it like back and forth, you know, conversation, trial, trial and error over and over and over reproducible da, 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 da. and then, you know, it's like, listen, we like for example, the fruit in the fridge, right. We, we went back and forth there, you know, 19 times over the past two weeks and it's been that fruit. Right. So, you know, so that so then to make the statement, there's this fruit in the fridge. We all have to agree upon that. And how many times does it take, you know, oh, is it 24 times it needs to be reproduced before we say it's that fruits in the fridge, right? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So that's a really good point. Um, here, here's some ways to think about it. When when we talked about philosophy of science and, and truth, we talked about this notion. Some some people, when when they think about truth and scientific truth, um, you know, truth is one. It's just there there is one truth of the matter. Either there are aliens or there are not. Just you know that that's that's a fact. And if you're an adherent adherent of that view, you could just say, well, epistemologically, like from a knowledge perspective, the reason why we disagree is we just, we don't have enough information, but in principle, in the future, we could get enough information. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes a similar one would be with like the pragmatists where they say, truth is just what remains at the end of inquiry, at the end of scientific inquiry. Mm -hmm. What's super interesting about underdetermination is it's actually saying that the nature of any data, mm-hmm. any data we could get from the world, is such that there's going to be this gap between what we receive and the theory we use to account for it, and which is going to lead to these slips or gaps in between different people having, you know, quantum gravity or string theory or, or something like that. So we're not saying under underdetermination is you know the true account of the world necessarily, but it's, it's an interesting thought to say, it's an interesting way of accounting for why there is rational disagreement, this idea that what you receive for the world may not be enough to uniquely pick out God or no God or yeah. Yeah. You know, scientific theory or that. So
0: yeah, for sure. No, I, 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 can, uh, I can lend an ear to that. <laughs> um, I, of course, my brain always goes to you know, trying to go after the truth and trying to have a scientific process to get to that. But uh, I agree with you. It, it, and, uh, you know, your final point you made, there's interesting one of, you know, lightning was assumed to be a godlike thing, you know, 150 years ago or 200 years ago or 300 years ago, you know. Um, so how do we come to an agreement that lightning is not that, you know, and, and we did after, uh, you know, uh, let's just say lots of investigation and lots of, you know, back and forth of this. Right. Uh, so it uh, so it can change can change with that over time but yeah to start with undetermination I like that I also thought about too the to your point of you know there's this particular you know mention of something right and uh, I, I don't know why I thought of this but it may show us why it's it's challenging uh, to have or why it is present to have so much disagreement today but also why it's uh, it's challenging to come to these, uh answers at the end is that there used to be an example in in the legacy media um walter cronkite you know like or in, in canada was knowlton nash right and these are just um individuals who would you know speak to society around what was happening right and they're trying to take that information that happens behind these closed doors and like speak to people like you know, you can make a decision, but this is kind of what's going on right now, right? These are the talks that are going on between, uh, Cuba and America and, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's that, but now there's like 19 different messages. So think, think about that in terms of like the, oh my gosh, like I could at least, maybe I could, you know, it's coming from one source and, uh, maybe that, maybe that makes it so, you know, uh, so old school that it doesn't allow me to open my mind to a possible disagreement, right? It's just like, okay, that's what it is. But now there's like so many. I'm just trying to think of I'm just trying to think of a way out of that if it's actually possible in the future to come to an agreement if there's like 35 different versions of something that we can disagree upon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an incredibly important point. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said philosophically about it. It's this idea of you know you have to wonder in the Walter Cronkite stuff did the opinions just did they exist <laughs> they just weren't getting the voice right so like now what we have today is just it's much easier for those things that probably existed you know i doubt everyone was agreeing with Walter Cronkite back yeah. then although i although I, I i see and understand your point i was trying to use
0: that. it as a voice right one voice yeah yeah one voice
1: yeah. and you know there is with humans there's that you know i Idea of like the paradox of choice, right? When you're presented with too many options, you get you get overwhelmed. Um, I think today, what's troublesome about modernity? I don't. I, I personally, and I I could be wrong. This is you know my own personal assessment of things. You know, again, go look back at the Talmud or like anything else, even within these groups. A lot of what's changed today in the modern world isn't that there's necessarily more or less disagreement. It's that we have exposure to far more things. Mm -hmm. we have exposure to far more different ways of thinking like people in you know the middle east 2000 years ago weren't necessarily exposed to buddhism and hinduism and you know all these and and all these different things so now we have like all these different philosophies of living all these different perspectives on what's going on um that have always existed Mm -hmm. in, in one form or another but now we need to do a lot more philosophical work to be like why is my view better than that view or how do, how do i sustain what i believe in the face of that so that's that's where i go with that
0: yeah yeah for sure um and i think we're essentially saying the same thing i just the way the way i see it is just like i'm just trying to think of all the people receiving all those points of information it's just it kind of it just makes it very cloudy you know it's it's very, it's almost and then i can see why people just throw it, throw in the towel you know they're like I, I don't want to spend the time of trying to learn about all those concepts of all those different opportunities, right? It's just like, and you know what that does, right? You know, through mediocrity that creates this like endeavor towards just nothingness perhaps, right? They're like, I just want to throw in the towel. I don't want to listen to all of it. I'm just going to choose what, you know, works well for me. And we know how that gets people into trouble, right? You know, what works well for you right now is just because that's your motivations and that's your perspective, but that doesn't make it good. You know, right? So I, I uh, I think we're saying the same thing there. And, anyways, I just, I guess I'm colored by that of seeing how much there is to get people to this uh, uh, point. Go back to what you said. How do we, you know, in disagreement? um, I forget how you started, but experience is the word that I, I looked at as as being like something that's really important, right? Um, How much experience is needed for you to filter all of that? you know, um, how much experience is needed for you actually to make the statement. <laughs> like, I disagree with that, you know? Um, Yeah. There's so much in that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there are benefits and drawbacks to each approach, right? Like if you're in the insular tribal model, it's a lot easier to make a decision, right? Because it's yeah. all sort of pre-filtered for you. Yeah. But then of course the drawback there is you know, not always, but in a lot of cases, heavy dogmatism. You will yeah. believe this, you will marry this person. this is the way you will raise your child. Um, and you know a lot a lot of what we have today is born out of a struggle against that. Now of course, now we have this tremendous freedom, yeah, which has a lot of good to it. But then, of course, the drawback, like you were saying, which i I totally agree is a a, a tough one is, yeah, just this overwhelm mm-hmm. in the face of so many different things and where, where does one even look for truth? And do we even bother with it when there's so many different competing versions?
0: Yeah, and how hard it is to make the right decision, right? It's hard work. It's not easy, right? It's hard to make the to, to make that decision. And so let's just think about that in, in, in our world and physical culture. How many people are resilient enough to handle a whole bunch of hard work? Like 10 years of it. Yeah, something I think about a lot it's it's hard to make hard decisions it's it's a lot of energy to make difficult decisions
1: so and that's why there is something to be said for the pre-filtered version you know you're exactly your and your you know exactly and, it's yeah.
0: easy it's easy yeah, <laughs> yeah it's easy. it works for me yeah we'll all agree to disagree <laughs> i know we're going there Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that, but that, yeah, that brings us to, yeah, one of the main philosophical things about disagreement is like, you know, what are some options for dealing with it? And there, there are many options, but I'm just going to, you know, bring yeah. it down to two main ones. But yeah, I like this. Um, you know, option one, just to, you know, keep it fairly easy to understand, different strokes for different folks, right? The pros here less conflict, epistemological humility. We're all finite human beings. Let people be people. Um, cons, it seems to allow irrationality and dangerous positions to flourish, and objective truth takes a back seat. So with either one of these positions that we're talking about, you know, option one or option two, like there is no all-benefit and no drawback position. It doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> so you, you have to kind of, you know, stake your claim somewhere and you know, say, well, this has better benefits and this has fewer drawbacks. But the different strokes for different folks thing seems appealing on the face of it. And maybe it applies to certain things uh, like we'll get to with, you know, chocolate versus vanilla or, you know, rock versus rap or something like that. Um, But it does have these downstream consequences where you get this almost arbitrariness and, you know, no objective truth. The flip side of that, there is a, is option two. There is a fact of the matter and people who don't recognize that are just wrong, like just full stop, like Mm -hmm. not sort of wrong or wrong for that time, but just
0: Wrong. Long period.
1: Yes. And the pros here are objective truth takes a front seat and we can call an irrational and dangerous positions what they are and not hedge our bets and hem and haw and be like, well, you know, Mm -hmm. culture in that time. Yeah. Um, Cons, it can lead to more conflict and have a tendency towards dogmatism.
0: Yeah, this is where I, and it just goes back to our conversation, right? How I start to lend towards that over the past decade or so in criticizing those bad ideas of what I truly believe is against the fundamental truth, right? In basic lifestyle guidelines and resistance and et cetera, depending upon how I presumed to be the highest order concept, right? For fitness, right? And fit physical expression, et cetera. And how that could be seen to your point as dogmatism, right? We discussed that, right? It, it kind of can work it work back against itself you know for that i uh i also uh remember thomas sells i think it's Sowell uh his words uh on those those areas and those challenging topics two things to consider number one go into it recognizing there's always trade-offs there's always trade-offs like you you're never gonna come you know so if you if you if you first understand that going into it then i think you have a better let's call it you know, artillery to work with all those challenges is going to come in front of you, right? And then secondly, I think maybe you could speak to a little bit more, you know, where you're saying, you know, uh, it it does come down to the context of the topic because I think to the extremes of what we're discussing in disagreement, right? Like back to the chocolate vanilla versus like, you know, do these moral fundamental truths exist and where should we go on it, right? And follow the golden rule or, you know, are we over here, you know, where we believe, I think, would you agree with that, that it does have to do with the intensity of the actual particular topic that does make a, and, 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 the, and then think about that. There's no like, could, you know, scale our definition of intensity for those things, right? Because it's all in the eye and the beholder as to what's important. I'm sure there's some people, <laughs> there's no tribes, but <laughs> sure. Some people chocolate or vanilla <laughs> gets you in the, now listen, I was talking about ice cream here, you know? So if you're, you know, I'm sure there's some tribes that are like <laughs> it's like the twix commercials they're so good <laughs> so good anyways sort of sort of bring that through but uh any thoughts no. on that for the
1: no it's a it's a great point um so i think there are a couple ways to look at it so in terms of the intensity of debate need not necessarily reflect the kind of disagreement that is taking place So when we talk about different kinds of disagreement, you know, there are things that we sometimes in philosophy refer to as matters of taste. Mm -hmm. So those just in in kind, whether they are intense disagreements or not, are just things that, yeah, subjectively, you know, you like that and you like that and who knows why genetics, family, you know, part of the world. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this. I'm, you know, we're, we're both kind of into food. There are, I remember reading this interesting article about like, the extent to which a native born person of a particular like country um, likes, you know, what seems like a disgusting fermented food from that place. Like, you know, you you can really tell the person like, you know, uh, what's the- Vegemite. Vegemite or uh, what's what's the, uh, is it natto the one that's super high in vitamin K2? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And most people think it's just like gross. Yeah. You know, a lot of these come down to culture and what you were raised yeah. in, and what you we were too exposed to early. Now, uh, there is one that seems to be a matter of taste. That is, a, in fact, a matter of objective fact. It is, it is sets versus reps, not reps versus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are some people out there. I don't know why they think it's reps <laughs> first and then sets. But <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're doing a world of good with the forums.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Brandon and I always joke about it. We We should have an episode just dedicated to that. Sets versus reps or reps versus sets. <laughs> but I mean, those are perfect examples, right? Sets versus reps, reps versus sets, the metric system versus, you know, uh, standard American measurements. These are all just different ways of doing the same thing. Yes, some are more than efficient than others, but... Um, really matters of taste. But when we get to matters of fact and going back to your point about like, how do we um, how do we distinguish in kind between these different types of things? Is it the intensity of the disagreement or is it the nature of what we're discussing when we're talking about matters of fact, like whether a vaccine is effective or not or whether evolution is true or whether we should have certain laws regarding drinking and driving. Here we can't just say, oh, tomato, tomato, you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. Like We have to get on with the world. And this is the fundamental tension of a modern democratic pluralistic society. On the one hand, you do have to say something like, we have different fundamental conceptions of the good and you are allowed to live your life the way you want. Dot, dot, dot. There are questions. Uh, You know, if a Jehovah's Witness says that their child cannot receive a blood transfusion. Whoa, okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like, then then we run into... (laughs) Uh, principles of harm versus different, you know, different conceptions of the good. So we have to be able to objectively say something Mm -hmm. in order to get on in the world, but we have to allow enough leeway for people to pursue what they want so long as they are not harming others. And the, it comes to a head with like, what is harm?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it comes back to the, what you had mentioned of that, that middle zone of, uh, you know, not doing harm, doing good for most you know, and allowing someone to do what they wish to do, but not causing any issues to others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're getting there, but, uh, that's why being in that, uh, or actually you also mentioned it, you know, depending upon the, uh, just be aware of the, uh, culture and the society and geography, right. Be aware where you are and just ask those questions, right. We may take for granted. We don't even know that we have the ability to, uh, to challenge those notions, you know, and because uh, in some some places people don't, right? And so I just want to make mention of that that I, I I am aware of the fact that it's not always freely available the concept of what we're just talking about,
1: right? Yeah. So, and that that's a big and tough one too, both in relation to space and with relation to time, right? So on, you know, take a space example. Um, most of us would think, well, it's wrong for. Saudi women not to be allowed to drive. Like that is objectively wrong. It's not just, okay, well, culture and time and place and language is like, that is, that is not correct. That is a restriction of freedom. Um, And then there are discussions today that I'm sure people have been seeing around, you know, Aristotle and what, what did these people think about, I mean, you know, name a philosopher and they had some not great views about, Mm -hmm. you know, different people. And does that Negate everything they once thought. You know, I mean, all, all these different things. And like, what do we say? Do we index it to the time? Do we not index the time? So it's this interesting question about like over what um, span of space and time does disagreement take place?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I listened to, uh, I just listened
0: to a number of people. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm always fascinated by not necessarily the context of what people will disagree upon, but on which the rock that that person will stand. That's what I'm always interested in. Um, I don't know why you got any thoughts as to why I may really enjoy that. Um, I don't know why just like the, the, like you hear the person say, this is, this is the cross. I'm willing to burn on." right? This, this is the one that I'm picking. I'll say things like, this is the stake that I'm placing in the ground, right? I'll say, this is where I've laid my stake, right? We said like OPEX gyms do this. We will not do group classes, right? We do this, we do individual design, right? That's the that's the stake we're placing inside, right? Um, anyways, I just want to make mention of that, that I, I, I always, I'm always i always interested not necessarily in what the this is, the back and forth. You can't see me if it's an on video, but my hands are going back and forth. Um, instead, it's like, I, I, li- I like seeing you know, the, um, the position that's taken, you know, and, and, uh, and what, what gets them to that point and what, you know, what's their motivations of that position and, uh, you know, how hard have they worked to create, uh, that position or, you know, does their position have some, in my opinion, does, does, does it have some truth to it? You know, um, I listen to, uh, I do it at least once a year, I think, but, uh, William Lane Craig versus Christopher Hitchens on, uh, does God exist? It's a classic oh, yeah. Yeah. 2009 debate. Um, <laughs> just so much beauty in all of it, you know, uh, the whole orchestrating of it is just so much beauty and easily available anyways. And I, I look at that and I, I don't, I come in with a lens of like, I, I listen very carefully, right? Like I remember William Lane Craig's five points, right. Uh, of, uh, of argument for Christian theism as being the real, the, the world, you know, structure, you know? Um, And I like seeing like, isn't that interesting? You know, that, that's the lane that he'll take. And that's the one that he's like, really, really strong on. Anyways, I just want to make that point that I really like that position.
1: Yeah. uh...
0: I guess classic philosophy, just like asking the questions as to why people are in that position,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, it's almost that Archimedean point of like, what defines that person? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that, that thing that is kind of their, uh, you know, when you, when you see someone who you don't know, but maybe you, or you don't know personally or very well, but like you, you respect them and it's like, this is yeah. the, this is the stake I'm willing to die on. Like yeah. that's their it, fire. That's yeah. their,
0: yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Thanks. I think it's like, that inspires me. It's like, you know, it, they're, there's, they're showing, you know, they're, they're getting behind something a hundred percent with purpose and like, and, um, and strength, I guess it's conviction wrapped in that too, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's cool. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty neat. I think it's pretty neat that animals can do that, you know, take that position and like really, really work hard on that. And, uh, I, I also going to I also going to offer something for those out there who don't see it that way, too, who may be questioning, like, well, you know, is that possibly a way through? I would say that that has helped me grow. I'm not sure if it's going to help other people, but that has helped me grow to see a bunch of different versions of belief. Right. And a bunch of different perspectives. Uh, increased empathy. Right. Uh, it has increased my attention to to seeing that. It allows quote unquote topics to not have this deep pain inside of them right from the get-go because now i can see it in a whole different light because i've taken on that lens of like well i'm just really interested in where your position comes from and the kind of work that you're willing to do to like right really work through that you know so anyways that may help some people who are who may not even see that they're like (laughs) dogmatic with a particular position And not willing to give it a bit of work, you know.
1: Yeah, there, there are two things I think of there. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before, but like one of the reasons I really enjoyed being at the, um, you know, Notre Dame philosophy department is because there were a whole lot of people (laughs) who disagreed with, you know, what I believe, but in but in a principled way, um, in in a way that wasn't just merely reactive and well, my parents said so, and uh, you know, good good reasons, and um, it led to very good discussions, some of which changed my beliefs, beliefs, some of which didn't, but just, you know, going through that, uh, iron sharpens iron, you know what I mean? Like going through that fire of belief. And, and, and another thing I just thought of that, um, what you were saying made me think of that. I didn't think of when I was typing up the outline is, um, you know, not saying that this is the best or the only four form of jurisprudence, but the American legal system is built on this adversarial thing. Mm -hmm. It's built on this idea that actually like, maybe you'll better get at the truth. If you have two people strongly arguing and disagreeing for one side versus the other, which is a very interesting concept.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. So maybe that, you know, to your point of maybe you, you see some truths in these battles back and forth and these disagreements, maybe you see something within that that you couldn't see otherwise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it does make me appreciate, uh, regardless of anyone's view on it, of uh, the gratitude I have around being in the United States, um, a really interesting project, right, of democracy with multiple different forms of individuals and uh, the understanding of that. Um, also at a time today where uh, the us and them, the right, the left, the liberal, conservative, the, you know... You know, and and it's really hard to see what you just mentioned, the strength in that, the strength in each taking a side and coming to this, like, you know, coming to this answer, you know, um, I think there's a lot of, it's just tough to see it today. It's tough to see the, yeah. the beauty inside of that, you know? Um,
1: yeah. And a lot of it's success depends on, and this is where a lot of the debate goes, especially today on like good faith efforts on both sides, yes. right? yes and that that really is a key ingredient where like it it works really well there's good faith Uh, yeah yeah
0: it's where yeah it's where machiavellian concepts come up and where politics and decisions have to be defined right what is politics and what is what is the intention based upon you know each of these individuals and but yeah in my opinion anyways there's lots of guardrails it's just hard to hard to uh Step outside and look around and see that that's in place. You know that offers that. Yeah. Anyways, anyways sorry that that could go. Uh, I
1: apologize. No, no you're fine. Yeah. Um, two other minor things, and then we'll uh, launch into the fitness and disagreement side of things. So, I guess yeah, three little mini things. So, item number one: there's a difference between belief disagreement and action disagreement. So, all that means is when we're talking about beliefs you can either believe, disbelieve, or suspend judgment on something. Whereas with regard to actions, there's do it or don't do it. So when we talk about those disagreements, there are different types of options. Number two is disagreement is um, a matter of degrees, not always binary. And this is important. It's not just, well, someone believes in God and another person doesn't, um, or one person believes in socialism and the other person doesn't. It can be two. You know, different degrees. And mm-hmm. that, that can be a source of disagreement. If someone thinks yeah. this is 50% right and 60% right, so it doesn't need to be wholehearted. Um, and then the last one that I think will be particularly relevant for what we're discussing with, with fitness mm-hmm. is disagreement a matter of quantity or quality. Meaning, is it, you know, again, to use the Christianity example, there are 2.5 billion people who refer to themselves as Christians today. That is out of 7.5 billion people. Uh, so it is the minority by a long shot. Um, does that affect its truth or or not? Is it that, you know, is it just a scale? Oh, 7. Point, you know, 5 billion people don't and 2.5 billion do. Or, as we'll talk about, you know, in the case of fitness, but also in science, well, you know, the flip side of that is the. Maybe quality of people isn't the right term there. You get, gets Mm -hmm. kind of hairy when you use that term, but you know, I don't care if 10 million people don't think evolution is true or the entire world does, you know what I mean? Like, are we talking about among evolutionary biologists, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this question of when we get, when we get to fitness, you know, is it among experienced 20 year fitness coaches or is it, you know, just among the fitness population at large? Yeah. So yeah. So in terms of disagreement and fitness, um, did you have any you wanted to start? Did you want to start with any particular disagreements or the nature of disagreement or any, anything you want to start off on?
0: No, I, I was, uh, I was thinking as, as we were uh, kind of going through the notes prior to it is, is that uh, the list is long. Like it's, it's a, but I, but I keep thinking that um, the, the one that creates the list, you know, um has to give a pretty good explanation a lengthy explanation as to why that disagreement occurs you know um i also think about um you know why are there why are there disagreements <laughs> you know um because it goes back to the to the thoughts on you know uh, people being born you know with this opportunity to be physically free and just do physical expression right for a lifetime and and, uh, and then, you know, taking the idea of constructing this play, right, of like constructed ways of doing physical expression that doesn't have an underbelly of intentions, right, around long-term progression, is that, uh, you know, then what are we disagreeing upon? You know, are we, disagree- are we disagreeing upon just that one big whole hairy thing, or are we disagreeing upon a whole bunch of things that are just for, just for enjoyment of disagreement? you know what I'm saying? So, and then I also think about uh, maybe, I don't know how to language this, Robbie, but in my mind, some of the disagreements actually make no sense. That's just my opinion because they come from a place where we're not backing up to discuss, you know, the experience of the person discussing it. What is this whole concept of fitness? Where does this fit into society? You know what I'm saying? It, You know, and I, I always walk back there. Um, Cause I just find so much, uh, I just don't find a lot in the, in the disagreements around like millimeters of beta ultrasonography <laughs> gains and hypertrophy for trained individuals over 10 weeks. I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, man, I don't even know. I don't even know why I want to start the disagreement on that. And why is that James? Um, maybe we shouldn't get bigger. You know, it's like, it's the, it's just, well, where do you want to go with it? So that's
1: where I there's a lot, not there. Not sure if that helps us start anywhere, but. No, I mean, that's, that's okay. I mean, those are all good, good points. I mean, two things I thought of, you know, one, I think this happened, you know, a couple months ago, we were talking about, you know, volume versus intensity. Yeah. You know, there's some, there's some people out there who have been in the fitness game a long period of time. I think we were talking about you and Spieler potentially going on Rogan and, you know, kind of having this discussion of intensity versus volume. And um, to me, that's one example of this more general, super interesting philosophical question, particularly as it relates to fitness. In the ideal scenario, would either coaches and or just fitness individuals after 20 years of experience, come to an agreement about the basics? Yeah. You know, give them sufficient experience, give them sufficient exposure to different modalities. Is it the case that they're all broadly going to agree, just on principles? Or are they going to agree on the details? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on what what that would look like?
0: Yeah, I think that I think it would, but I think that the experimentation of all the modalities is just is young. We're very young, and we're we're in the infancy stage of this uh, of you know this folly of exercise and participation. Right? It seems like we've got enough years and enough data to go on and things are moving quickly. So the data points are there and we can just extract it and read it. I don't, I don't think so. So I, I do think that uh, I'll just take an idea, maybe 2060, you know? Um, and before I even enter into that, I know it'll be really weird, but maybe in 2060, there'll be enough that have gone through that, like multiple generations of just horse shit around, honestly, what is exercise prescription? and how to do it and all the academia that, you know, needs to be super secretly held for a certain amount of people to kind of, you know, expose it to an audience of people who can't even express it. Um, you know, until we get to the point where there'll be a number of people uh, who might just uh, stand up and say, you know, I think, I think this is, this is what it is. I think this is the, this is the truth. We, we went through the, we went through that practice. Right. And uh, we did that experiment. And to my point, the ones that I use is uh, Is the concept of, you know, these two markers, which are not even side fitness, but you got to consistently look at because culture might be upstream from fitness uh, for this particular point is obesity is not going down unbelievably with the increase in technology and et cetera. Right. And then uh, uh, secondarily, this concept that I have are in terms of human resilience. And there's a whole bunch of things that I could say that indicate that overall humans are not more resilient over time. So those two things are pointing towards us hopefully getting to an agreement at 2060, (laughs) which is in 39 years where we say, yes, these like uh, these beliefs in the fundamental truths, because the, because it's going to need a lot of repetition. It's going to need a lot of repetition, a lot of play. And if, if, if the, if leg presses were invented in uh, 1835 um, and uh, global gyms, you know uh, with like uh, wood benches and and lifting jugs, you know, um, with reps and sets, not sets and reps, uh, before 1900, then, uh, I think I may have a better, a better answer for you.
1: Uh, Interesting. yeah. So in other words, you know, when we go back to that idea of like causes or sources of disagreement, you're saying relative to fitness specifically, as opposed to say philosophy or religion, where over time there's only been increased diversity of thought and, and disagreement and things like that with, with fitness, the reason why there's a lot of disagreement today is just because it's really in its infancy. And yeah. if it had had more time to mature and yeah. Um,
0: yeah. The practice uh, of it and in uh, the um, I think, I think the intentions of it, right. Like to be very reductionist, it's, it's only pertinent for the 20 to 30 year old you know, in the language and like, what are you doing and how are you doing it? And what's this and how's this and who teaches it and who, sharing information and back and forth. And then, uh, you know, for not because, you know, you see a lot of 40 year olds around your facility, but from 40 years up, it's just like, eh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it just needs a, yeah, it, it just needs a, needs a longer time period before I think we'll be able to say things like that. And I could use other things like you know, how many of, of knees are around, right? How many late 40 individuals who've been quote unquote coaching in some way, shape or form, either individuals or other coaches for over 27 years, right? Not a lot, <laughs> not a lot. So, so, so the question has to be remained, has to be, be asked what happened to those 10,000 other me's, right? And, and, and reason why that's an important thing to think about is like, well, how are we going to come to a conclusion on an agreement of what is best for the long-term process of a coach and a client? Well, there's not a lot of people to talk about it. Why? Because in my opinion, it's just chaos. It's just duct taping and trying to figure out how to do this thing. And then there's odd people like us who will speak out and go, maybe just this might be effective for, for folks. And it's like, you know, (laughs) that's tough. So, so it's a disagreement on 12 other voices. Why? Because, and there's this one voice who quite possibly may be speaking the truth, but there's like 12 other voices, right? That's like, no, 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 there's no way. And those 12 other voices are uh, inexperienced, right? Low in competency and unconscious of the fitness intentions. So there's 12 disagreeing points. There's one agreeing point. Um, that's, that's, that's why I bring up the concept of like, time is going to dictate this, these, uh, truth. Cause I'm hoping that I'm, I'm, um, talking about things with coaches of like, uh, you know, a career, like 35 years as being like, and creating decade programs for people, right? Like, you know, you want people to exercise for a long period of time, right? So set up, set them up for these big audacious lifetime goals of consistency, right? So that's what I'm hoping to do so that in 2016, my the thoughts come true right that there's enough people around who stood the test of time who were really involved in it and uh we could all then agree that uh chewing your food and absolute strength training and easy aerobic work is going to get us get us the most defense against the zombies who will
1: probably have attacked by then And if not, I bet you. That won't steal the deal.
0: You know what would, would, would just kill kill me is that if I discover 39 years, I'll be I'll be 86. Yeah, I might be able to uh to stay connected at that point in time and walk around. I'm not sure. Anyways, um, is how about if like if like uh, zombies have this uh capability? This was actually a nightmare of mine, that they had this capability of um you know you you had to be you had to be really good at lactate in order to in order to defend the something. So those who those who were really strong and, and great at aerobic activity um, couldn't handle it. but those who were like doing crazy intense fitness all survived.
1: James consummate nightmare. <laughs> That's
0: my nightmare.
1: Only the people who do pain.
0: <laughs> uh, that'll be a aha. Uh-huh, that'll be a big aha, uh-huh, you know ha moment for me no legacy after that one if I'm 86 and, and I'm like see and then all of a sudden they come on as like you know, the whole you wrote this way back and uh, those are a really bad prediction and it's a zombie saying that it's not a
1: human it's like a zombie's like hey basically, you know
0: what? basically it's like <laughs> Pointing at, pointing at an opexfit.com article
1: oh man we're
0: listening to this podcast
1: right i should yeah. have
0: extended it out though so maybe it's 2099 before we come to an agreement
1: i i kind of wish maybe at some point for one of these i'll have brandon see if he can digitally edit in some zombies like coming through the door or like like over to here, get you an over here. <laughs> it's happening james it's happening <laughs> 4 minutes
0: they're still with me
1: (laughs) my energy's gone oh man so i guess on that point with the 2060 or the 2099 would that kind of goes back to our question of like quantity of disagreement versus quality in terms of the people so when you say you know let's say it's 2060 or 2099 or whatever year it is this philosophical question about disagreement who is the we we're talking about? Is that experienced coaches that are now agreeing? Is that fitness individuals? Is that the collective? Like, what are you quantifying over when you say that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking right away of a collective agreement of the physical expression experience, all agreeing upon this is what it, it, it could look like to do the best for all of us.
1: So it's not, it's not just, let's say coaches Actually, with 20 to 30 year experience.
0: Yeah. Not just that. It's just that at that point in time, we would have, as I said, on the back end, I would hope that there's a whole bunch of coaches with 30 years of experience to have conversation with their clients and their clients are going, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. We went through this. We put my kids through it. Now this is where I am. And, you know, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm also thinking about uh, the child that's born in a couple of years, right? They're born in 2027. And uh, they then have 33 years, right? Where in 2034 they are inside an educational institution, where it says like you know self care is really important, right? And this is what uh, the the uh, OPEX principles are.
1: <laughs> Call to prayer. <laughs> it's coming. Okay. So there, there would be, so the idea is that in 2060 or 2099 or whatever year we're, we're talking about overall general agreement um, among a decent number of people about the general principles of fitness. Now, a, a caveat there that we have to mention for anything that, you know, I don't know that we can say a specific threshold, but take anything that people broadly agree on evolution there's still an incredibly large subset of the population that that does not so yeah. we would just need to say something like you know this is very hand wavy but among the relevant set of set of people or something yeah. something to that effect yeah right? for sure for sure yeah.
0: yeah but but i have uh i have hope in that for um information and like how that gets out and you know people uh yeah you can read Steven pinker's book on that about just the, just the concept of some of the points that he just picks on for like this progress of whatever. Right. So those things can occur, right. It just takes time. And, you know, uh, I, but I do agree on your point that, you know, and maybe it'll get, maybe it'll come at a time where um, we just start recognizing that it, it uh, quote unquote has to be a focus. It's just well accepted that it has to be a focus. Therefore there's more, investigation over the next 30 years, as opposed to like experimentation. Cause I think that's, what's happening. We're experimenting and playing and, uh, and, uh, at that point in time, I think there'll be better explanations for uh, what that process is. Like, in my opinion, I've said this multiple times. I think there's been million stories already written and millions of lives already lived as to what that physical expression should be. And I think that's fairly general in my opinion. Like it's, it's a general synopsis um, and it doesn't all look the same right like as I said multiple times we we forget the you know the the, the farmer right the physicality and people are like oh they didn't work out <laughs> it's just the language of it they they did physical expression like all the time you know so I'm classifying all of those examples in one for that
1: right. One thing I'm curious about and you don't need to name names or, uh, you know, maybe we could talk about ideas if, if they're here, but, um, obviously both you and I agree that there's a lot of disagreements within fitness that are mistaken or misguided or based on faulty principles and stuff like that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Are there any principled disagreements in fitness that you can think of that you know, we we still haven't resolved, or is is there anyone, again, you don't need to name names if you don't Mm -hmm. want to, but like, you know, James, you believe this set of things, are there other folks who've been out there, you know, I know a bunch of them have dropped off, but there are also a bunch who have not, um, who, you know, think differently, who who have different perspectives on things where you think, oh, with relation to that topic, whatever that topic may be, that's still something we need to resolve, or we're still figuring out, or you've learned something through the disagreement. And any any thoughts there?
0: Yeah, it's all it's the it's almost the same answer to the question of, uh, you know, when will we come to a disagreement? So I think I think almost everything is still under disagreement. You know, so all topics are because you know we haven't you know because I think it's gonna be a super long period of time. To get to a point to your example like 12% of people agree in this and it'll be 2060 when 85% of people agree you know what I'm saying it you know so all topics you know we haven't come to a resolution on that because of as I said we're in a massive chaotic experimentation phase and um you know it, it seems like we've come to an agreement right let me let's you know I'll, I'll let me let me start let me just say something that I it's only my perception I think we've come to an agreement on that uh you know, physical activity results in some kind of acute dose response of metabolism. Right. I think we've come, cu- we've come to that much. <laughs> think about that. Like, it's like, Oh, big, you know, but I, I think we've come to that agreement, right? So what is in disagreement, you know, s- s- you know, sneakily enough, even that <laughs> is on un- in some circles is under disagreement. I won't go there, but, um, it's almost a flat earth conversation in my opinion, but, um so everything else really is that and i'm sorry if i landed that if that lands like grossly depending upon what you wanted it to be for the question but i think there's it's almost everything
1: yeah no, that's, that's okay i mean maybe, maybe yeah maybe i should have been clear about what i was thinking of so I, I think what you were what you were saying was more to the effect of yeah we're, we're still like you were saying before we're still in this land of disagreement it's going to take a long time for the fitness collective, how are we to find that to come to more of a broad sense of agreement? I guess what I had in mind is I'm, as I'm curious, you know, where you are now with your set of beliefs with regard to fitness, do you run into any of those situations kind of like I was describing in, in grad school among, you know, fellow peers, peers who, you know, have been in the coaching industry for a long time, who you, who you respect any, any fitness topics of disagreement where, You know, you're like, huh, you know what, that, that kind of made me rethink some of my, my, my views on things. I I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's a whole lot of stuff that we think is not substantial within fitness disagreement. I'm wondering, are there any ones that you've run into recently where like, oh, that made me rethink this, or this is a worthwhile topic of substantial, you know, discussion and disagreement among even smart, rational people in fitness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of one. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of one, but the way you described like, you know, my peers, like others who who stood the test of time and now are there and, you know, what are we discussing? And as I mentioned before, we're not discussing anything because there's not a lot of us, you know, and we're not connected. There's no like, there's no group, you know, there's no institutions that, of course, support mastery of coaching and we're all arms around one another, right? To even have these conversations, we're all off in our own little silos doing what we can so I can't even have a conversation with those individuals. Cause number one, I don't think a lot of them exist, if any at all. And number two, we're not connected way, anyway, shape or form. Um, but if I was to like posit what I think we'd have maybe still some disagreements on, um, again, I don't think there'd be hardly anything there'd be much. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, it doesn't, need I to think be it's like... timely, you know, I think it's timely. I think, you know, for example, uh, people that were my senior in like the late nineties as coaches had disagreement on topics that seemed to be important on the day, right? Like uh, free weights versus machines. Right. And people were like, are you kidding me? It was like, this was a hot topic, you know, in the late nineties, um, weight belts for the general population versus no belts. Right. And this influx of scientific investigation of back pain and core control and internal co-control cylinders, et cetera, motor control theory, etc., cetera, that was a very, you know, heated debate. So I'm just saying that it, it, you know, the culture and the time and what's important and where fitness fits in certainly does matter. Um, and so in 2021, other 47-year-old coaches with 27 years experience um.
1: Yeah, not disagreeing on on much. Okay. Um, in terms of that distinction we were talking about earlier of like matters of taste versus objective facts, um, you know, do do you think there's something like that within fitness? Do you think there are certain things that are just like, hey, eh, I enjoy doing this and I enjoy doing that, and there's not really much to say about the disagreement versus things that really are no this is an objective fact of the matter
0: uh i'm not sure about the the fact part portion you can maybe uh, uh clear it up for me but um i think there's there's definitely what looks like disagreement but we're all you know agreeing upon movement right like you know people are moving right so let's take the example individuals that want to do cycling every day for a couple hours right um and then others who want to do yoga and swimming and then others want to do you know uh resistance body weight stuff and hiking right and in my mind i see them all as the same but and i also see the reason behind those people why they would choose those things and i talk about a lot about that ccp with the concept of max physical potential um, and resources and et cetera and longevity so we're probably having a slight disagreement inside of that but it's it's really we're, we're, we're to your point going, yeah, we're talking a different language, but I'm good with it.
1: You know? Okay. Yeah. So you would say kind of the different strokes for different folks on, on the modalities of.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. For sure. For sure. And I guess underpinning that is like, well, it depends upon the eye of what the dose response is for all of them. And that's where I see them all as just movement, but there are some disagreements inside of it.
1: Yeah. Are there any modalities that would not be different strokes for different folks? <laughs> dynamic. I, I feel like there would be based dynamic, on dynamic
0: unexpressible contractions. Uh, running generally will uh, will bump up right. Running for people who can't express it will bump up against that. Uh, for that concept of what we those all those neo group coaches are describing as longevity,
1: you know. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that's interesting. Cause I mean, obviously a, a famous discussion within fitness that a lot of people take as a disagreement of objective fa- matters of fact would be strength versus endurance. Right. Yes. Yeah. So something to that effect and what you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong is that, you know, based on the activities you outlined, it's really just a different piece of the web and it's all of the same thing. And the, what seems to be a disagreement about objective matters of fact uh is, is really not one it's more about what someone prefers to do
0: yeah for them based on what they're capable of and their experience right okay, so yeah. it's it, it just needs to get colored that's just how I, that's how i see it you know um so i don't see it as an either or i see that as the wrong way of coming into it you know so it's like oh who are we talking about you know that's that's the way i see it so i guess it's not a disagreement it's it needs to be colored
1: going back to a point you've made in previous episodes, is there any sense in which we would say to someone who chooses a resistance activity as their main mode of expression or cycling as their main mode of expression? And, you know, they say, that's the only thing I need. Yeah. We then disagree with them and say, well, cyclist, Hey, yeah. you know, let's uh, do some push-ups. and yes, what, what are your thoughts on, and, and if we say that, okay, well then there are some, like, we're getting back into that matters of fact. Like, yes. What we're... yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so just to play at what I would say there, um, you know, uh, it's not nothing more. I'm not going to drop a special term here, but it's education. Right. It's taking the personalization interest in, you know, because as a coach, you're going to say, well, this is what I believe to be um, um, a truth is that there needs to be these balance of things. Right. And so we can express these two things and you can go as deep as you want into the natural, you know, uh, capable practice of real challenging contractions, right? And stuff that goes like this, right? And and they're, they're the clients like, yeah, I, I do a lot of this, right? And you're like, yeah, I'm not saying that, that, that is, that's uh, not enough or that's not worthy. I'm just saying that let's have this discussion on education around really hard things, right? And um, knee pain, let's discuss that. Oh, I heard, you know, people have had heart attacks with hard contractions. Let's discuss that. I heard people hurt their backs with heart contractions. Let's discuss that. It takes a, takes a long time. So see what I just did. There as a coach. I'm just offering, you know, a more educated answer to, instead of just saying, well, listen, you know, you just don't know. <laughs> and I know. And so this is what you need to do. You just like cycling. You think that's the only way, you know, but you need to balance it out with some contractions. And this is why.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to that point of like, and that's why, why I mentioned.
0: Sorry, Robbie, just so I can right, play right. out what I mentioned earlier of max potential potential. For those who are not aware of that in CCP, you know, I t- I talk about why a whole bunch of people. That's why I use cycling. Why a whole bunch of people choose cycling when they're sixty till they're ninety, you know, and the odd push up and squat. And I still think that's higher order. Why? Because they did thirty five years of really hard contractions. So so now you can see it's like well. What's the definition of resisting entropy and what needs to be the modality to maintain that? Do you see how that's colored differently than someone who had zero experience and thinks the cycling two hours a day is the answer? So that's what I meant by it has to be individualized based upon this concept of what have you strived towards, right? Have you done this, these years of those two bipolar pieces, right? Hard contractions, easy aerobic work and played each of them out, you know?
1: Yeah no that's 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 a great point and uh, I mean certainly there are some that have done both but I, th- I think we both know plenty of people who uh, you know who have just like they are in love with one modality and just haven't yeah. even touched the other yeah mm-hmm. um but I, yeah I think that's an important distinction to to kind of clarify for people what we were you know what what you were saying there so Seeming disagreement within fitness that seems like it's an objective matter of, of, of fact to a lot of people. Strength versus endurance. No, not quite. Um, you know, you can have this web of different things that people are doing and different strokes for different folks. Dot dot dot. There's still an objective matter of fact about for health and longevity and you know, the achievement of max human potential, where we can't just say, well, you cycled for 30 years and never touched the dumbbell or a push-up. Like th- th- we gotta. We're still pushing that in there. That's still objective yes. matter of fact.
0: Yes, yeah
1: mm-hmm. um, What do you see as the consequences of disagreements in fitness? Do you think it's all harmful? Is any of it beneficial? Um, what are your thoughts on on that?
0: Um, well, I think uh, I think, yeah. So, well, this is what I say, you know, I, I I think we're at a point in time where uh, coaches or whoever is a part of it as a coach inside of fitness can't only abide by the book. They, they can't do that. It's, it's, it's not enough now. It's not enough just to have the book and conviction and belief and have all the technical capabilities of, of uh, invoking change in behaviors and actions in people. Um, it is our burden now as coaches to also criticize bad ideas, um, and have disagreements, whether it's in your tribe and your public forum, uh, for your own practice of getting better at disagreements. My opinion is that you need to jump outside of those that are just inside your chamber and have disagreements, you know, kindly. The right way, why because you're embarking on the steps to improve the systems and the collective. And if you don't do that as a coach from day one up until 35 years inside your business, right? Um, just because of the current times, we're all going to be swallowed and eaten up. So, uh, disagreement is a is currently Robbie, um, a very important part of the repertoire of a coach. Now, disagreement may sound like, you know, this nefarious intention, right? Trolling, et cetera. No, I, I put it in the classification of consultation and conversation and communication, right? So what happens inside of all those three Cs? Possible disagreement. So it's, it's not, it, it comes with uh, very positive intentions, right? But why are you disagreeing with it, right? Right? you could be saying, are you really going to spend all your time disagreeing with clients who just want to bike all the time? No, you're not. You're not. But what you're going to need to be able to do is to disagree with someone down the street with a, who's on the megaphone saying that 60 seconds three times a week is the answer to all their woes plus this home food delivery system. So you can't allow that to go on. We could have turned our back to that and just be like, don't worry, they're all going to show up at my place and we're all good, right? Um, we can't do that anymore. So um, there has to be there has to be a part for disagreement for the co- in the coach's repertoire.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And there, there are a couple of things I think of there. I mean, to kind of what you were saying, I think for most people, disagreement that term you know has kind of a pejorative connotation, a negative yeah. idea behind it. Um, and 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 we, as we were discussing, there are a lot of harms that you know can come from just constant bickering back and forth about seemingly unimportant things within fitness and confusing the general population, but it can also be beneficial. And, you know, what I find very interesting about your position is it's, it's not just a virtue, but almost a duty and almost a vice if you don't to, uh, to disagree with these, these, these bad ideas. And the other thing I think of there is going back to Aristotle's point that we've referenced a number of times where like, Everything admits of a vice of excess and a vice of deficiency. Um, you know, we can think of disagreement. You know, on, on this, there's 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 such a thing as proper disagreement, right? And there's a vice of excess and a vice of deficiency. Trolling being the vice of excess, where it's like wrong, no, you know, just yeah. smashing the button. Um, but proper disagreement would be um, educated disagreement with good intentions, and you know, trying to lead people to more of a objective truth side of things.
0: Yeah. And the medium has to be discussed there too. Cause I just think that, you know, over the past 10 years, we've, uh, gotten very comfortable with what we perceive to be our mode of communication for disagreement. Um, and that's why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm older I'm more traditional based upon that and I'm biased to it. And I, yes, I, I don't think I've, uh, I've meshed well with the new concept of, of relationships. Um, if it's not obvious <laughs> and, um, and I think that uh, I just really do, do believe that when I say those things, like, and I, I would say, Robbie, maybe it's not criticizing bad ideas. Maybe it's just criticizing other ideas. You know, I should probably change my language on that because, you know, you're presuming with bad ideas that they don't have any objective truth inside of what they're mentioning, right? That he immediately says you're not open to that. You're not even open to the concept of what they're saying of the 60 seconds three times a week. But I would say that you need to do that boots on the ground right? Like we need to talk about the medium in which that occurs, right? Um, and that, that has to be like conversation. Like you need to like go and speak to that coach, right? Who's holding the megaphone on the thing is like, listen, when you're done, <laughs> you know, can we chat for, for 10 minutes, you know? Um, because this is, what I, this is what I see to be true in the practice that I'm doing, right? And have you thought about these things, right? Like what happens when, you know, people uh, adapt to 60 seconds three times a week? what do they do then you know and then the the laundry list of other questions you could ask them do you see that but that can occur on twitter and we think it does we think that's where the public square is for disagreement um and if fitness if fitness falls inside of that i mean we're we're just we're dead in the water you know it's going to be it's going to be more chaos for the public right when they stick their head up and like who's saying some truths that I could like grasp onto and really fall in love with. Right. They're just going to choose whatever, you know, works well for them. And we know where that gets us. So, um,
1: so what you're saying is we need to go to clubhouse instead of Twitter.
0: Pretty much. Gosh, even that is a, that's a scary proposition of the turning into something, but, but whatever that, whatever the, you know, yeah the, the, even the, the in-person visceral communication is really important, you know? Um, and that's, uh, you know, I tell coaches about that a lot, not just their clients, you know, um, you know, make, make yourself really strong and then start teaching those around you. Um, and then be ready because you're going to have to do it. You're going to, and the reason why you're going to have to do it and go speak to the person on the megaphone is that If you wanna grow beyond just those around you in your ecosystem, right? And you wanna help the system, right? Your whole business and in your community uh, writ large, then you're gonna have to start that. And then if you truly long-term are inspired like I am at this point in time of helping the collective and asking those big questions, you're gonna have to know how to get into that public square you know, and have that disagreement.
1: Yeah. The space of reasons and have reasons to back your stuff up and lob something over the net and then someone else lobs something back and yes um, yes you know when i think about the uh you know to make the philosophy connection here when i think about the history of philosophy like some, some of the greatest philosophy comes out of you know plato and aristotle like student and the uh, teacher like tremendous disagreements tremendous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. human cons you know not not student and teacher per se but, you know, temporarily a uh, similar thing, like tremendous disagreements, but there's there's a lot that comes out of that. And, you know, forward progression that comes out of thinking through someone else's ideas and thinking, well, is this right? Is it not? What do we say about it? And so. Yeah.
0: And uh, you just made me think about it. disagreement takes time as well, you know, like for everyone to lay their facts out, you know, that's, that's a long time. Um, like the mention, like I mentioned the, uh, uh, bill craig and uh and christopher hitchens that's a two hour 45 minute thing you can't you can't two times that and get the benefit of it you got to watch it you got to watch for two hours 45 minutes and then after like my 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 notes i mean there's like an hour of notes
1: you know so it's it's not a 15 second reel what's that it's not a 15 second instagram reel
0: no no it's not right it's not so yeah lots of uh Lots of challenges inside that, but Hey, it's all right. It's a part of it. I keep thinking about, uh, you know, what, what would we be all be doing if we didn't have disagreement as well? You know, um, I think we'd be coming up with things like my mentors were in the nineties, right. You know, arguing in forums over, uh, is it the transverse abdominus or multifidus? You know, it's like, yeah, uh, crazy. So. Yeah,
1: that's an interesting question about human nature. Is it such that just in principle, maybe from an evolutionary perspective or what have you, that we're just, you know, there's there's too much agreement and there's just going to, you know, some set of people is going to spring up to be like, nope. Um, or, does that, or does that actually track the truth, right? Is that just some feature of humanity where like we're going to disagree just for the sake of disagreement and it need not track the truth? Or is it when you know, there's only legit disagreement when it's tracking like what's objectively true. It's an Mm -hmm. interesting one, I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 Um, And then I guess last question I had for for this one is, um, do you think that agreement and fitness has increased or decreased over time and follow up to that, if it's decreased, what do you see as the inflection point that's going to get us to 2099? So yeah, those are the two questions.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it has, uh, you asked if disagreement has increased or decreased. Correct. Yeah. Disagreement has tremendously increased because of information options, choices, who's right, who's wrong, what is fitness, how do we do this, et cetera. Um, and I think it'll be it'll be stuff that's data that's not even inside of fitness that will get us to that change point. Um, and I think uh, it's unfortunate, but um, it's our current investigation in terms of what we consider general health and mental health and physical capabilities. And I think that over time we will not be able to like, we'll go through all the, th- all the biohacking. We're in a biohacking phase, right? All the biohacking and all the telomere investigation, all the gene studies, right? 23 Me and all these, all these things. And then over time, we're like, yeah, we got all this fucking data and we all these apps and all this technology. And we're all really sick, really sick. Like can't do basic day-to-day things like even worse than, you know what I'm saying? So, Um, and if that seems dystopic, well, just look at the data. We're not, as I said, we're not, we're not improving general health measures around the world, you know, tremendously every month, right. And don't use factors of pulling 150,000 people out of poverty every, every day as, as that, you know, so I think the, the obesity one, um, as a data point over time, as well as this resilience factor, which needs to be colored and stretched out in conversation. Right. But, um, you know, the, you know, I I I predict there'll be in like twenty years a whole bunch of different diseases that come from this intergenerational constant barrage of uh, low resilience, and I I think you know there'll be things that arise that you know to my to end it, Robbie. I think over time we'll go, geez, you know, we really should have we really should have injected some real uh, a more positive form of intentions around physical activity um, in nature, uh, with, uh, with an appreciation for that and an appreciation for the fact that it, it makes all of us stronger, uh, not for reasons to ward off these diseases, but, you know, so I think that'll happen. And I'm not saying that then all of a sudden it'll be like, you know, uh, you know, the skies will open up and, and things will be different. I think it'll actually be, you know, possibly worse. Uh, but you know, that might be, uh, you know, a change
1: might be the start of things heading the forward. start.
0: Yeah, yep. the start where you know something, and that's why I, I always keep laugh, laugh, laughing about it because I really do think that it may take some form of like you know, a shift in you know, I'm just going to use the word coercion, power, and force to embed this in everyone over time. Right. That's why I get funny smiles with like the horn and everyone doing physical activity is, it's just like, we'll have to embed it in people, force everyone to do it. Maybe 40 years later, we're all like, Oh, geez, aren't we so grateful that we kind of forced that upon all of us, right. To just do physical challenges every day, to be a part of society like breakfast and to give everyone uh, their right to physical freedom, you know Um, because uh, we've just been because we're not we're not free in that in that in that you know or i should say we we're not aware of that freedom that's the
1: that's it we are free to not be aware of that freedom yes (laughs) yes we are very meta (laughs) oh man any uh any any final thoughts there on disagreement
0: no, I think uh, we co- we covered a, you know, I think where we, where we could go or if we decide to or is actually like just do an entire podcast on the, the actual disagreements, like what are the actual disagreements and, you know, what is the one side, what is the other, where does this occur and not hold any judgment on either, but just be like and not go into, well, how do we come up with what those truths are inside those, uh, like I generally like to do, um, you know, I think that's a that's either a part two or a future piece, but I think we did a good job of just, you know, where disagreement ties in from philosophy and its understanding. I think you gave a couple of great points that I learned from, of, of, you know, where my faults are and why I take positions in certain area and why I believe what I do. And I think that's going to be helpful to others as well. So I think we did, I think we did a good job of that.
1: Yeah. And I I learned a lot too. And I think. Um... Yeah. I mean, just, just even the notion of, um, that's such an interesting notion. The, the idea of disagreement, at least today being a virtue, you know, something you've got to go and strike out as, and do as a fitness coach or a health coach. It's uh, a very, very interesting notion. Cause like you, like you said, most people think of disagreement as not, not the polite thing to do or only do it if you're forced to, but even the idea of like, not just doing it, if you're, if you're faced with something you disagree with, but actively going out and and calling yeah. these out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we could play that one out, you know, cause, uh, there's, there's also like a stepwise sequence to that too. Right. You don't just start disagreeing from day one as a coach. Right. Um, you know, what I believe in is coaches need to spend a lot of time on working on themselves for a couple of years. Right. right. Um, and then you can, you know, be a part of this conversation, right. Where you're like sitting in the crowd watching the disagreement and you just, you're just like, okay, interesting. Like I did. Right. Oh, weight belts, no weight belts. That was interesting, you know? Um, and then you start teaching your people, right? Those around you and you're affecting the couple of years. <clears throat> then after that, now you're putting your hand up, right? So someone's up there speaking and you're like, just a second, right? <clears throat> I got this idea based upon what, how, what people should have with their intentions of exercise. So how do you answer that? So what you just did there was disagreement with their notion that 60 seconds is going to fix everything, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so there's a, there's a timeline sequence to that, to what you're, you know, what you just mentioned that you found interesting with the, uh, the virtue. Uh, so I'm just trying to, I'm going to quickly think about that. I have, I have um, a list there. That's, uh, awareness, attentiveness and authenticity and trust and empathy and vulnerability um, as those like, you know, coach attributes and, uh, yeah, I think disagreement, you know, comes on the back end of those. They're going to happen with that. As I mentioned, the consultation, communication, conversation process.
1: Attack would help with alliteration would, but would not be the right, <laughs> not, not the right way. We don't want to make it uh, Cobra Kai strike. It will make people make sit up
0: and listen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, did, I think he said attack.
1: <laughs> Cobra Kai, strike first, strike fast, no mercy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't started it or watched it whatsoever, but guess what? Hannah uh, was not a part of the former story, which yeah. I was, and she loves it. My daughter loves that. And tell me shows all the time, Dad, Danny, and the history. I was like, yeah, exactly. Remember this What happened? Mr. Miyagi, I was like, yeah, exactly. So it's a pretty cool like generational connection there.
1: It's it, A, it's a great show. And B, I mean, from what I've read, that's precisely why it's it's done so well is like they did a great job for like, you know, this generation, but also for like, you know, people who actually saw the original Karate Kid. Yeah,
0: and- yeah. See, then is, there is the benefit of this new media, right? Like, for example, my daughters are interested in Friends and now they have a HBO special coming out on uh, them reuniting and my daughters are interested in seeing it. Yeah. right so think about that i mean i that was my like thursday night you know yeah so pretty cool the way that's connected and we have no disagreement on that one let me tell you
1: <laughs> no,
0: no in our household <laughs> how are you
1: doing <laughs> uh, how to do that really well yeah you were saying before that one of your uh, nightmares is the way people would survive the zombie attack would be being really good at opex pain i joked with uh Brandon a while back that one of my uh quasi dreams which is obviously not going to come to pass would have been you sitting there with me at my level two <laughs> and just like <laughs> actively like because even back I mean it what was that it was uh yeah it not like yeah Slow uh,
0: hand raise every time as they start the conversation right
1: I any mean, I mean that was yeah that, I mean that was a while ago now for me and you know even, even then like if you're not doing the same programming your clients are doing you know I mean or just uh and uh you know if it's not out of the hopper I mean just just really like what the what the what, <laughs> what, like, the, what the what the what the what the but yeah so anyway <laughs>
0: uh yeah Any thought no nightmares no nightmares to that one although uh I I would like to see that I would like to see that meme come to life where um somehow that set up you know 2090 situation zombies are like so glycolytic and i'm i'm in this room like john nash with shit on the walls aerobic and strength and all these paperwork and i'm just like burning place down (laughs) Uh, like an old guy old guy showing this massive life's work frustration right (laughs)
1: Uh, it was supposed to be gain plus sustain and then it's like pain it's god damn it
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh good stuff all right my man uh thanks for this um thank you yeah agreed on lots we agreed to disagree yeah we uh we disagreed about some forms of disagreement we also agreed about some forms of disagreement did we disagree to disagree
1: and therefore agree.
0: <laughs> Perhaps.
1: And for those who made it this far into the episode, thank you for uh, listening. This is officially going to uh, conclude our, our official season one, which
0: oh yes,
1: I've, I've had a lot of fun with.
0: So. Da, 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 da. Do you think we should play a song to uh, like get us into higher levels of uh, illegal notoriety?
1: We can, it'll be turned into Muzak. By, uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know Kirby enthusiasm. <laughs> that's what's gonna play instead. I'll leave it. I'll leave it for your editing skills.
0: <laughs> oh yes,
1: it's all folly, <laughs> and that's what it plays.
0: Touche. <laughs> Touche. I'm not even gonna play it. I'm gonna go listen to that now for a workout. Thanks again. All
1: right, thanks so much. See
0: you.